You are listening to the Star Coach Podcast with Meg Rentschler, episode 78. And I think there's going to be a lot of coaches left behind because they're not embracing technology, whether it's coach metrics or some other technology as part of their stack of offerings. And so your, your question was, how are people reacting to the technology? Some are completely embracing it and they move really quickly with it. And others sort of respond and say, my clients don't ask for this. And that's kind of the point. If you want to differentiate yourself, you have to find ways to set yourself apart beyond what your clients are asking for. If Henry Ford led a focus group, people would have asked for faster horses. Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, Take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rinchler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Hey, star coaches, Meg Rinchler here. So excited to welcome you to another episode of the Star Coach Show as we explore new strategies, tools, and resources to help each of us become stronger coaches. And we're going to do that today by looking at some of the metrics that we can use within coaching and some of the trends that are going on and seen within the coaching industry. Now, the metrics we're going to look at are metrics that help us sort of take coaching from being somewhat maybe elusive sometimes for clients or, or trying to understand what the impact is that our coaching is going to bring into some solid metrics. And the person that's going to help us understand that today is Sal Sylvester. He is one of the top experts on leadership transformations across organizations and throughout careers. He's the founder and president of 512 Solutions Consulting Group. And what they do is support leaders and teams through grounded, real-world practices and techniques. And he's going to share some of those with us today. He also founded Coach Metrics, which is a fascinating metric program, a cloud-based coaching platform that optimizes and measures leadership development and coaching ROI. And I know that we are often asked with that question or asked that question by our clients and by companies that we work with, how do we know the impact that your coaching is going to bring. And this program that Sale's going to talk about is formulated to do just that. Sale has a real passion for working with teams and leaders. It's reflected in this interview today. I really enjoyed the time we spent together. Sale's a writer and a keynote speaker. And He's also a Marshall Goldsmith Stakeholder Centered Coaching Certified Coach. That's a mouthful, isn't it? So Marshall Goldsmith has this Stakeholder Centered Coaching Certification Program, of which Sale is a part of, and he just kind of epitomizes what we all want to be as we work with leaders and, and the kind of coach that we want to represent and be. So I really enjoyed my time with Sale. I think you're going to gain so much from his wisdom. And I'm not going to tease you anymore. Let's just go ahead and go to our interview 
with Sal Sylvester. I want to welcome Sal Sylvester to the Star Coach Show. Sal, it is great to spend time with you this morning. Thanks, Meg. Very excited to be here. and Thanks for having me on the show. Oh, absolutely. And we were talking right before we started the interview about your varied background. You, you, you bring experience from lots of different places. I'm wondering how comfortable you would be in sharing with the audience a little bit about Sal and what got you to onto the road that you're on now. Oh, sure. I'd be, be really happy to do that. Thanks. Thanks for asking. Uh, I started my career as an Army officer. So I was in ROTC in undergrad and spent four years on active duty. And I had a lot of really great leadership experiences at a very young age in the military. I served overseas in Turkey and Kuwait. I had the opportunity to go through airborne school and ranger training. And again, just seeing a lot of far off lands and getting experiences with a very diverse population of people, both uh, nationally and globally. And then I, after the military, I went to work for Accenture in management consulting, did a lot of, lot of process improvement work, some technology integration work, but I started to get very fascinated by people dynamics in the workplace and both through my experience as an army officer, as well as in the private sector, I started to notice that the things that separated organizations from the good organizations from the great organizations had less to do with the products they had and even less to do with the people and more to do with the people dynamics. So I got fascinated with all of that. And that's where I launched into my consulting organization, which is 512 Solutions. And at the earliest days of the organization, We did some outdoor experiential team building, and that was very motivating for me because I love, I'm passionate about climbing and the outdoors and hiking and mountain biking and skiing, all those great things. And I wasn't satisfied with the results that we were getting. And so over time, it evolved doing more training facilitation. Eventually, I integrated coaching into the process, and it's morphed into where where it is today. And Tell me a little bit about where it is today and what your company is currently doing with leadership. Yeah, thank you. There's a, a three things that we do primarily. One-on-one executive coaching. We also work extensively with senior leadership teams to help them create healthy and aligned team culture so they can drive business results. And then we run long-term leadership development programs. And our leadership development programs are a combination of assessment, training, coaching, and then ongoing measurement through our coach metrics technology. And in addition to that, I love writing. Marshall Goldsmith and I just launched a book last week, as a matter of fact, uh, called Stakeholder Center Coaching. It's about his coaching methodology. It's a short read that really lays out how to measure behavior change in executive coaching. And then I've got two other books that I've written around leadership development uh, called one is the first one is Ignite the Four Centrals for Emerging Leaders, and then Unite the Four Mindset Shifts for Senior Leaders. So I love to write. I love playing around with technology. That's a big part of our business. And of course, love delivering coaching and training programs. And, you know, all those things, we could probably spend hours talking about each one of those. I do want to kind of get a little sense from you because I I can imagine the audience's ears picked up and thought, how did Sale go about partnering with Marshall Goldsmith to write a book? How did that even come about? Yeah, no, it's, pre- it's been a pretty awesome experience. Marshall endorsed 
my first book, uh, the back of the first book, and the same with my second book. And I got introduced to Marshall through my publisher. And I said, listen, I, I'd really love to find a way to pay it forward and, and to thank Marshall for doing that. And so make a long story short, we started working on this project together. I had the great opportunity of going through his stakeholder-centered coaching process. It's a certification process to get certified on his coaching process. And there's this really great blend of what we bring to the table together. He's got this methodology and we have the technology to really optimize the coaching, that stakeholder-centered coaching process through our coach metrics technology. And so it was sort of a natural collaboration for us to work together. Well, I'm excited to read it. And that's just recently Thanks. released, correct? Yes, we just released it February 28th, uh, just a couple of days ago. A couple of days ago. So congratulations. Mm-hmm. That's sort you. of like having a child. So congratulations on that. And um, <laughs> it is. And you talk about your company doing this measurement, the metrics mm-hmm. uh, around which are so important. And I think not everybody understands how we go about with metrics and, and kind of understanding the value that our services can bring or, or even what leaders might need. So how do you go about the metrics within your company? Yeah, it's a great, it's a great question. And we stumbled across our methodology over time. So what we found through our work was some serious gaps around measurement. The work that we do in leadership development, in executive coaching and leadership coaching is all about behavior change. But we found that we weren't measuring behavior change. And this came about, we were doing some work for an organization called Datalogics that was acquired by Oracle. And we we were running long-term leadership development programs for them. And I remember their chief people officer asking us how we know our programs are successful. And I was all happy. I had this big smile on my face because I had all this data, but the data was reactionary data or measured reactions, meaning it was survey data from our workshops and survey data from our coaching sessions, which is very important information. As Catherine's talked about in prior podcasts that you've had, measures reaction. And it's important information to know how participants are reacting to the content and to their facilitator or coach, but we weren't measuring change. And so that that gap became really present for us. And that's really what sparked the idea of, hmm, I think we can differentiate ourselves if we can figure out how to measure change. So we, so we measure through several layers of measurement, the first being those coach satisfaction surveys or those workshop surveys. But really where where we differentiate ourselves is by measuring behavioral change. And we use the stakeholder-centered coaching methodology. It's a similar methodology as Marshall Goldsmith, stakeholder-centered coaching. And really what, what we do is we're measuring change from two perspectives, from the perspective of the coachee or the participant in that leadership development program, and from the perspective, more importantly, of others who are impacted by that leader's behavior. And not just through a one-time or a two-time 360 process, but through an ongoing pulse feedback process. Oh, wow. So can you tell us a little bit about what that might look like? I think we all kind of know what 360 here at the beginning, maybe, and at Mm -hmm. the end, what that looks like. But when when you're touching base on an ongoing basis and collecting that data on an ongoing basis, yeah, some examples of what that might look like? Mm-hmm, absolutely. It starts with 
an online action plan. Well, let me back up even further. It starts with some data gathering. So many of the coaches that that you work with, that you mentor, and that are, are listening to this podcast and on your membership site, they probably have a similar methodology. So gathering data either through an online 360 or maybe confidential confidential interviews or some other really objective assessment process. So we gather that data, that's sort of step one. And then through great coaching conversations, help that leader narrow that data down into a very focused action plan. So the action plan is the first component so that that leader gets really clear on what behaviors they want to change. And typically we recommend no more than three behaviors. And in many of our engagements, it's one or two behaviors because we know that behavior change is hard to make. And that's what the coaching process is about, getting that action plan in place. We also highly recommend getting that action plan online. Part of what we learned through our own programs is that when that action planning process was paper-based, participants either didn't do the action plan or there, there wasn't enough sort of meat inside of that action plan to make it supportive of behavior change. And, and when the process is online, it allows more transparency between the coach and the coachee, and then between the coach, I'm sorry, the coachee and their manager, because we know that his or her manager plays a really important role to reinforcing behavior change. So step one is getting the action plan in place, in online preferably. Step two is making sure that there's calibration between the coachee and his or her manager, because we don't want the coachee to get to the end of the coaching engagement and the manager saying, great, Susan changed, but she focused on all the wrong things. Right, right. So that's, that's kind of the core of, 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 the, of the process or like the, the foundation of the process. From there, we have our coaches enroll what we call supporters. And supporters are people who are open and willing to be part of that leadership journey with the coachee, meaning they're going to provide ongoing feedback and ongoing ideas and suggestions, feed forward, as Marshall Goldsmith calls it, to based on that, that leader's action plan to see if the participant is actually moving the needle. So what that looks like is really two things. On a monthly basis after that action plan is created, feedback surveys go out to that supporter on a regular basis, usually about every 30 to 45 days, where that supporter provides information. And that, that information displays inside of our coach metrics technology and or any other system that you decide to use, whether it can be paper-based, it's just a lot of administrative work, right. but there's ongoing pulses based on that focused action plan. And so then the leader is getting data on whether they're changing or not. And so there's there's really two pieces here. I'll pause for a second, but there's two pieces here. We're helping change behaviors, and then more importantly, we're helping change perceptions. Wow. And I see how then the way that you're doing that, technology really factors into that, being able to keep it online, keep everybody in touch, and, and focused on those goals really powerful. Technology adds into, into coaching. And, and this really gets to some of the trends that we're noticing is it allows the coach to do more of what he or she is really great at having those coaching conversations. So what I've noticed, even through my own coaching with, with my coach, both my current coach and even past coaches, is you just kind of get bombarded with all of the stuff around coaching emails, 
downloading Word documents, filling them out, uploading them, sending it back to your coach. Maybe access to Dropbox or some system of getting documents. And there's so much sort of noise and inefficiencies around the coaching process that finding the right technology solution can really help the process be more efficient, both for the coach as well as the coachee, and allow you to focus on what you're doing great at, which is are the coaching conversations. In addition, I would think that what you're able to provide through technology, mirroring that with your incredible coaching skills, that that, now I could be wrong, but I would ask, I would assume that that makes it even more attractive to companies who might want to bring you in. What you're able to offer in, in the package is something that companies would be attracted to. Yeah, it, it allows us and allows the coach to go beyond traditional coaching. So to not just offer coaching, but to offer a set of resources and tools and mini courses to all support the coaching conversation. And I think I think we're seeing a few trends in the industry today. Number one, there are no barriers to entry. Anybody can put up a sign and call themselves a coach. And I'm an ICF credentialed coach, and I am incredibly fond of and supportive of the ICF and what they're doing to really elevate the standards of this industry. And in 16 or 18 years of coaching, none of my clients have ever asked me for a credential. So there's at this point in time, there's not a lot of barriers to entry. Anybody can call themselves a coach. So I think coaches have to be thinking about how they differentiate themselves from other coaches. And one way to do that is to be able to come to the table with content and tools that you can all put put online. So, so the first trend that I see is around more people entering the space with very low barriers to entry. And then the second piece are is really the, the idea of having bite-sized content to support learning. And to support the coaching process. So, you know, similar to your to your membership site, Meg, where people can go in, they can watch videos, they can download resources. We can really want to bring that into our coaching process. So we're adding more value for our clients and going beyond the coaching conversation. Uh, such a so it is a structured program that certainly you have the individual needs of each client being met, but those goals are being yes. established with their managers or whoever their one step up is, and that is being accessible to both. So, how do you handle confidentiality when you've got some things listed on online for the client and the manager to be able to access? And mm-hmm. so, so let's talk a little bit about confidentiality. Yeah, that's, of course, that's a really critical part of, of the coaching process. In terms of confidentiality with, within coach metrics, the, the only people who have access to the system are the coach and the coachee. So there's, there's full transparency there between mm-hmm. the coach and coachee. And then the coach or the participant has the ability to send their action plan to whoever they want. Um, But it's their opt-in choice. In other words, they don't have to. Mm -hmm. And nobody else has access into the system. The information is sent out if the coachee chooses. Now, part of our coaching methodology, though, is to go public with your action plan. Because the the coach, and the reason for that is because the coachee, their biggest challenge is not always behavior change. A coachee can leave a room and go make a behavior change in an instant, in a moment. 
But what we know from data and from research is there's a lag between when other people notice and observe and see that change from when the coachee actually makes the change. And in many cases, when there's not follow-up, other people oftentimes will not even notice the change. Marshall Goldsmith wrote a great article on this. Leadership is a contact sport that outlines his data behind this. And then we've also have data from hundreds of people that we've coached. And, and, you, and our data suggests that there's a four or five month lag between self-assessment and when a leader makes a change and when their small group of supporters observe and notice that change. So the follow-up process is important, but it all starts by going public with your action plan. So we push our coaches to do that, but the system itself maintains that confidentiality. It sounds like a really dynamic system. And you talked about also having resources and things that the, that your clients can access. Are those like sort of a library of resources that you would have? Or do you have that you sort of cherry pick this client? These are the kinds of resources that I think mm-hmm. they, they need. and. So I'm just, I mean, it's just, it's just sort of a logistical looking at what I'm looking yeah. through the eyes of a client right now. Mm-hmm. So what we do is coach metrics allows the coach to build a library of resources and they can be any combination of text, video, document uploads, images. We've got a ton of content as coaches and, you know, it could be as simple as screenshots from existing workbooks supplemented with some reflection questions, whatever that content is. And then the system allows the coach to cherry pick and send and share those resources based on what the coachee needs. So they don't get a bundle of, you know, 100 resources, but they get a a sub-selection of resources, if you will, based on maybe what their coaching goals are or what their needs are uh, at the time. And, you know, sort of back to some of the trends, part of what we're also noticing is that people don't carry around leadership development workbooks in the workplace, but they always have one of these, right? They've always got their smartphone. They've always got their smartphone. Absolutely. Exactly. Exactly. So we want to make those resources available when our coaches need them most. And it's just another way to, to add value in our coaching engagement. So there's, you know, the trends, the technology trends are one, move to mobile, and then two, getting things in the cloud so that people can access the resources they need on any device, regardless of what that is. It's right. So as you said, you know, leaders don't walk around with their workbooks. I sort of had this vision of, you know, when you see like high schoolers, they're walking with these stacks of books in their hands and like VPs and and (laughs) these executives walking down the hallway with their stacks of books. So how could people learn more about this, this metric that you, this program that you have that you use with your clients, is that something that is available to other coaches to explore and learn more about? Mm-hmm. It is. It's called Coach Metrics. You can go out to coachmetrics.com and it's a subscription based service. So you can sign up as a coach and then use it with your coaches. And your first project is free. So you can check it out and test it. And by the way, I think there will be a coupon code on your site yes. for your subscribers that will get a discounted rate on that. So it is available. It's uh, easy to sign up and to try a project out for free to see if it fits your methodology. It doesn't work for all coaching methodologies. If you tend to do more life coaching, it may not be a fit. If you tend to be more in the leadership development or executive coaching space or leadership coaching space, it certainly would be a fit. And what are some, what's some of the feedback that you get from your clients as they have walked through this program with you? Mm-hmm. One of the one of the core 
comments that we get or consistent comments that we get is, and this is, this is fun. We end up making, we end up really helping leaders make transformational change, but the unexpected change and it's sort of the fun part about it is all of the other people, the people who are the supporters of the leader, they start to make change because they're engaged in that leader's transformational journey. So they're providing ongoing support, ongoing feedback and feed forward. They are watching this leader going public with the, with their action plan. And all of a sudden, it gives them permission to make change too. And there's nothing more powerful to me than when a leader stands up and says, hey, this is what I'm working on. So that's a fun component of feedback that we get because they're involved in that leadership journey. We're finding that there's this trickle effect of other people who are also making change as well. Well, you know, and and just human dynamics and and systems that when one person changes, it it shakes everybody up. So when I was a family therapist mm-hmm. for all those years, I would say that you know the family is like a mobile that you would hang above a baby's crib, and when you move or shift the position of one of the things on the mobile, the whole mobile shakes for a while until it finds stability again. And when a leader makes some changes and and shifts that mobile a little bit, everybody shakes a little bit and finds equilibrium again. And, and it gives, gives your other leaders permission to do that. So that's mm. exciting and dynamic. And just the program that you've put together and, and offer, so, so often I hear, well, how do coaching can be squishy? How do I explain? And, and, mm-hmm. I, and I don't know that coaching needs to be squishy, it, it, but I think that this gives structure. I'm, I'm a huge fan of structure. But the, the mm-hmm. structure that you're talking about, because I believe structure kind of gives us freedom. So it does, what, doesn't it? So you talked about what clients are saying. What are some of the coaches saying that, that access this? Yeah, it's really a mixed reaction. Because if you think about it, the tool is proving whether coaches are making are helping others make change or not. So in some ways, there's some vulnerability and there's some accountability for the coach that they haven't had before. So there's sort of a set of coaches that embrace it immediately. They see it, they get it. It's what they're doing already. This is just optimizing the, the process mm-hmm. aspect for them and they love it. And as a result, they're able to charge more. They're able to add more value for their clients because they can connect behavioral change with other changes that are happening in the organization. So that's one set of population. And then there's another population of coaches that, that, that don't subscribe to it and don't, but they tend to be risk averse when it comes to technology anyway. And, you know, to me, that, that leads to another trend, which is, I see technology becoming a disruptor in this industry. And Uber isn't just for taxis anymore. So imagine this. Someone's looking for a coach. They pull up their app. They see where there are coaches in the local area, how far along, how far they are from where they're currently located. They can access the coach profile and then get connected with that coach. And now that coach has the power of the coaching conversation plus an app. And I think there's going to be a lot of coaches left behind because they're not embracing technology, whether it's coach metrics or some other technology as part of their their stack of offerings. And so so your your question was how are people reacting to the technology? Some are completely embracing it and they move really quickly with it. And others sort of respond and say, my clients don't ask for this. And that's kind of the point. If you want to differentiate yourself, you have to find ways to set yourself apart beyond what your clients are asking for. If Henry Ford led a focus group, people would have asked for faster horses. 
Exactly. Um, so we're moving beyond faster horses here with coach metrics, but I think coaches have to think about how to differentiate their business. And part of that has to be how they bring technology into it. Mm-hmm. Well, and our clients are not going to ask for what they don't know. That's sort of like saying, Great point. I didn't use active listening because they didn't know that because my client didn't ask me to active listen. Well, I mean, that's just Great part point. of what you provide. You know, that's, that's, we yeah. were the, we're the expert in that area and, and bring that, that value forward to our clients. Mm-hmm. Wow. So really well I could said. I could really keep you for days and ask you questions. This is so dynamic and so interesting. This has been so fun. <laughs> what what haven't I asked you that you're like, oh, this that I really need people to know or I wanted to share about anything in particular? Yeah, I, I think the question that you could ask is, you know, what what do I do as a coach for my own development? And so that that would be an area because I, I think, well, so I'll just tell you. I have a coach too. <laughs> I have a wonderful coach and her name's Jane Warlow and Oh, I love so Jane. coaching. Yes. Oh, she's she's amazing. She's she's an awesome coach. And for those who haven't heard her interview, you definitely want to hear her her episode. Mhm. It's tremendous. It's a great episode and she's a great coach. So there, so coaching is a part of my own development, you know, really. And listen, my business is a reflection of who I am as a person. And so having that coach helps me see things differently from a different perspective. And so even just in a coaching session yesterday, Jane said to me, Sal, great, I hear you nurturing all of the people about this decision that you're trying to make, but I don't hear you making a decision that's necessarily right for the business. So so for me, and I guess the question is, you know, what do I do? And, and I've got my own coach to help through my my own personal development and growth as well and behavior change. And nice to hear that reinforced. So many of our mm-hmm. guests and, and the different coaches that I work with across the industry repeat that, you know, what do we believe in as coaches and, and how are yeah. we forwarding that belief through our own action? Really great point. Yeah. Thank you, Sal. And thank you for sharing so much great information with the Star Coach uh, audience. And we will have your discount code available on the resource page for people to access and to know that they can explore the very first as, as a complimentary experiment. Great. Thank you so much for having me, Meg. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks. I believe that any time we can make what we do as coaches that much more measurable, that much more understandable, we're really bringing coaching to another level. And I want to thank Sal Sylvester for spending time with us today, sharing his expertise and helping us better understand some of the metrics that we can access within the coaching industry. If you'd like to know more about coach metrics or about Sal Sylvester and his books. He's got that new book that he co-authored with Marshall Goldsmith, Stakeholder Centered Coaching, Maximize Your Impact as a Coach, and a couple other books. Be sure to check out the resource page at starcoachshow.com and you can peruse the different resources that Sale has available, as well as access that coupon code that we discussed in the show.
I want to once again thank you for taking your time during the week to be with us. And I hope that focusing on some of the trends and the metrics that are available in the coaching industry were helpful for you. I encourage you to come back next week as we have our second interview with Meg Mann. You may remember that Meg was with us on episode 73. We'll put a link for that show in our coach notes. And during that interview, Meg promised to come back and do a live taping with me where people from the show were able to come and ask questions specific to the energy that clients bring into a coaching session. So Meg was incredibly generous with her time and her expertise. It's a fabulous show. I can't wait to share it with you next week. So swing back around next week to explore the client's energy in a session. Thanks again to Sal Sylvester for joining us. If you're enjoying the show, I would very much appreciate a rate and review on iTunes. It increases the reach and the visibility of the show, and that would be absolutely wonderful. So I appreciate your time, and I hope that you have a fabulous week. Until next week, this is Meg Rentschler wishing you the very best for your coaching success.